Welcome to the State of the Markets podcast. I'm Paul Rodriguez of thinktrading.com. I'm Tim Price of pricevaluepartners.com. And our very special guest is James Dellingpole. We take this we take that bit terribly seriously. Fine. Good. <laughs> you may not know, for example, there is a film called Velocity Pastor, which is about a priest that turns into a dinosaur. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. I've only, I've only seen the trailer. <laughs> but it's I, have really high, I, have high, I have high hopes for that one. But I mean, we, we might as well get into it because I'm otherwise I'm sort of you know I'm spiking my own guns for later. But yes. suffice to say, my my film recommendation for later will be a, a, a film called Spontaneous, which is a a, a high school rom com in the US. It's a, a comedy horror um, film, which I think is a very tough genre to pull off. And it involves students that randomly start exploding for no good reason. That's good. That, that is the that is okay. the um, the response I was expecting, by the way, that, that awkward <laughs> Tim, stop, stop wasting Stop wasting time <laughs> that could be better recorded. Yeah. Because we're we... recording it anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 I'm, I'm, I've become quite strict on this. So I've noticed that lots of interesting comments, you know, if uh, by the get wayside, left on the cutting room floor. Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, so should we, should, we, should we kick off then? Yes. So this is a, a welcome uh, return to Save the Markets podcast to James Dellingpole. James, uh, greetings. Greetings. Greetings, Tim and Paul. So I, I, I was under the impression that this was going to be a Dellingpod podcast. And you thought this was going to be yours. And so we're going to kind of make it a, a, make it a, a podcast, a, aren't a we? A subtle melange, a subtle blend of herbs and spices, like a good quantro. Yeah. Exactly. So so just, just so that people know who I'm talking to, <laughs> I'm talking to Tim Price and Paul Rodriguez, that who know correct. more about finance than I do. Yeah. So, James, um, to start the proceedings... Where, what exactly would you say is going on in the world right now? Um, I know it's an open, a uh, very open, big people, question. But uh, what, what exactly? The, 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 there are various levels, aren't there? It depends on which level you want. You want to. So, so for the absolute overview, I would say that what's happening is eternal battle between good and and the ruled the world in in various guises since the at least the Babylonian era are at their game because for the first time in history they've had at their disposal the technology to enslave the whole enslave or kill the whole of the human race um, because of this ingenious trick that they devised a few years ago where, where they gulled us into carrying these surveillance surveillance come brainwashing devices and we carry these things not because there's a, there's a kind of government edict to tell us to carry these things but we actually choose to do so and pay loads and loads of money to carry these things and we spend all day on them so i mean they must be well you've seen that meme haven't you the lizard headed creatures all laughing that you know we thought we'd try this trick on the we, we never imagined they'd buy it but they did they fell for it and they're all chortling over the way we brought about. I mean, Catherine Austin Fitz, I think, is 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 bang on the money. That we are building our own concentration camps. 
And so until it comes when sufficient numbers of us wake up and realize what's going on, we are kind of screwed because although they are few and many, they've got all the money, um, they've got all the power, and they've been practicing this shit for several thousand years. So they're, they're quite experienced players. That's the big picture. So, so spoiler alert for people who may may or may not have a, let's say, spiritual leaning. I, I would counter that, that synopsis with with the, the, the suggestion that doesn't good always prevail? So that they can oh, totally. they can fight, but they can't win. Oh, I mean, look, it's, it's a given that we win. It is written. It has been written. I mean, it, everything is preordained. I'm not even sure that time is linear. I think it's a spiral. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, 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 well, as above, so below, but as just, the history rhymes and, and the New Testament mirrors the old, testament and this this has all been this has all been planned i mean this has all been ordained i've i i i don't believe in evolutionary theory i i believe that 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 god god made us all god created well, he did in his own image but he also made made the world and um yeah he's not going to let his creation get destroyed by a kind of junior angel turned bad is he i mean how, how could that happen it's not possible there's a there's a gentleman I've got to know. Uh, he's not no longer alive. He he died many years ago. But there's a gentleman I've got to know recently over the last year or so called Neville Goddard. Does that name ring a bell to you? No. There are so many new names I'm discovering, and I'm sorry, Neville Goddard, that I don't know who you are yet. But tell me about him. So I I'm trying to think where I first came across Neville Goddard, but that, the best way probably to describe him is as a as a uh, is a mystic. Um, some people would would, would go as far as saying he's he's potentially um, I don't know idolatrous or I don't know if that's the right word. But basically, my take on I'm I'm sort of slowly discovering him now, and I think he was sort of active in the 50s and 60s. Um, and I think I'm just trying to think what is I should have checked his background, but I think it's 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 uh, either Bermudan or Barbadian. But if you go if you just look up Neville Goddard on um, uh, a search engine. You'll 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 find plenty of materials. I I bought some of them some of the books, but he's 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 been very active in in writing. So in it's very approachable English. Anyhow, to cut to the chase, I think it would be fair to summarize his his um, so let's say core belief system in that the the Bible the Bible is real, but it is almost entirely metaphorical. In other words. There is meaning in both the Old and New Testaments, but um, we shouldn't take it literally. We should take it as in the same way that we know about the the parables and we know about all these different sort of sayings um, that are in the Bible. Don't necessarily take them literally. Just assume that that, that whoever was speaking, whether it was Christ himself or, um, you know, one of the disciples or or one of the the prophets, these are narratives and that there may be, let's say, some interpretation required to get the full essence of them. I think that would be a fair summation of the Neville Goddard case. Well, duh. But, you know, for sure. For <laughs> I mean, sure. come on, Tim. And then, then I, I, so, I okay, let me, let, let, me, let me move on just a, just a sec. And the, the, what, I, what I personally have, have let's say, been, I, I guess, taken by is a, a big part of his, his thesis is that, uh, and this is, I think, maybe almost where it merges into something akin to Stoicism, 
where it's the idea that what we imagine, uh, we can conjure up reality from imagination. In other words, we, the, the world as we know it is, is largely a function of our own faith and imagination. That I think is what was a bit, what was new for me as a, as a, as a sort of spiritual concept. Right. Can, well, can, look, I, yes, carry on, Paul. I was just going to say, if I could just put my hand up and say that I, I'm, I was raised a Roman Catholic, but I am not in any way religious now. So I've changed my, my own view from my own thinking about religion. That, and I, I'd like to differentiate between spiritualism. I think you could be spiritual, but not religious. I don't subscribe to the uh, writings. I think things that are written and r rules and laws that are put down by religious people, I, I respect everybody, everybody's view and everybody's desire and everybody's uh, right to, to practice in any way they w wish. And I'm not trying to, to say that that's a bad thing because there's a lot of good things about that. But from, I think, w the way I look at the way religion was, was taught to me and the questions I've asked, it doesn't answer the questions that I need to have answered. And I tend to find that religion, these religious speakings and, and, and writings and all this sort of stuff has to always live in the areas where you can, you cannot, um, there's no proof. So there, there would be no proof of, say, for example, the earth going around the sun, which was what was argued um, many years ago by the Catholic faith. And they said that, you know, the, cent the, the earth is the center of the universe and that would be still be the case had we not proved it to be wrong. And it's just, there are just fewer and fewer things that are being proven wrong. One is life after death, which there may be and there may not be. And for me, I think that's, it's not something that, that we can answer. But I, uh, going to church community and doing the right thing, I think is all a very positive thing. And I think the actual actions of doing that can be helpful to people. Um, but, but I think beyond that, I have to kind of put in check what is actually being said by religion because there's so many contradictory things. Like if there is a devil, then who created that devil? Was it God? Well, if God well, that's, no, that's written in the scriptures. God, God created, God created the devil. Okay, that's not that's not a so that's why, not a difficult question. So why doesn't he defeat the devil? Because that's the nature of free will. I mean, I think look, I think it would be a mistake if we spent the whole podcast oh, I agree. talking about I agree. um sort of yeah, 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 <laughs> meat yeah. and potatoes yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, that yeah, actually yeah. you know yeah I'm not I'm not sitting here thinking oh well that's that's really stumped me I mean, that, that is that is the nature of the deal yeah yeah, the, yeah. No, the, the, I, yeah. in in John's letters for example he, he makes it clear the, the the earth is the realm of of, of Satan and and that that we have a choice between between good and evil. That's that's the nature of of, of free will. It it just is the deal. I think we have that so anyway. Are... I think we have that anyway. I don't think it's uh, a force. And I think you see a lot of bad things happening to good people. And there's a lot that doesn't reconcile with good people being being hurt unnecessarily. And a a god that seems completely indifferent and the actions of revenge that's written in the bible sounds very like very much like angry 
people or men rather than a god. Um, but but I think you're right. I think we could spend the whole time talking about religion, and we probably shouldn't. But it's partly my fault well, for sort of having expressed things in uh, having yeah, asked James to speak in such, such a, that, a very universal way. So, sorry, James. Were you, well, were... I, look, I I said that there are different levels that mm. talk about this. I mean, I mean, people. I really don't care what people's personal philosophy is although i think that actually you you were sounding suspiciously new agey paul which is which is a which is a a, a trap it's uh, that's what that's where that's where the forces of of darkness want it's want clearly to alarming paul we need idea. to beat and we need to beat that out of you <laughs> probably with a flail <laughs> no because i i meet loads and loads of lovely people who who are into into new agery but i but i think it is a trap but what i was going to get going on to say was it really doesn't doesn't your understanding of the world i would say is incomplete if you don't understand that this is ultimately a spiritual battle between good and evil but it one is perfectly able to understand what is going on in the world right now without recourse to god and and the devil you can just point out that there have been these <laughs> baby sacrificing greet heads who've who've been running the world one way or another uh, since time immemorial and that that they they're psychopaths and that these are the people who run the world and it's up to us the the people who who they want to enslave and kill to to overthrow them um but the only way we're going to do that i think is by um non-compliance because don't forget uh, except in those countries lucky lucky enough to have a second amendment we've we've been disarmed which means that the state has a monopoly of force and so clearly what they want, want us to do is, is is violent revolution but they've got all the machine guns and they've got all the, all the bullets so that's going to be tricky uh, and but if, if we can find a way of living parallel forming parallel societies i mean obviously there are things you have to do in this in this world in order to, um, for example, not lose your ability to drive. You have to have a driving license because if if you don't have a driving license, the police will take your car away from you and probably put you away if you if they catch you driving. Um, so I'm not saying that, that 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 we can opt out every last detail of this this horrible uh, imprisoning society that, that the bad guys have created for us, but there are nevertheless ways we can avoid them controlling us by by choosing moments when we just say sod your rules we're not going to obey them but is that enough that i suppose that's the question that um i mean i was watching uh, by way of comparison i was watching the the rich attenborough film gandhi um a couple of weekends ago and it's it's a sort of hagiographical film in that basically the guy through the prism of this film could do no wrong. And I'm sure he was a, a saintly person, but he probably wasn't a, a perfect person. But it, it's a, it, nevertheless, whatever his whatever his personal faults may or may not have been, that the bottom line is what it undoubtedly does justice to is the fact that by even by nonviolent resistance, he was able to, let's just say, change the course of Indian history. And... Yes. Uh, and that was against, I, I would say, a relatively benign dictatorship, if it, if indeed a dictatorship in the form of the, the British Empire. I, 
the idea of simple non-compliance doesn't seem doesn't seem you know it seems like a, a noble idea but whether it can achieve the desired end seems less clear to me now in the context of the uh, the cabal for one i would call it i would call it davos man but i think we're talking about exactly the same things well yeah i i mean i i, I hear what you say and and when i propose that that parallel societies i mean this, this is what rod Dreher was was talking about wasn't he in 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 live not by lies uh, that that he was saying that that we need to just bizarre culture well no, our culture is a good thing but uh but uh well i don't know what, what the general term would be civilization or whatever society whatever has been so completely co-opted by the 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 forces of darkness that the only way is to just say no i'm not i'm not playing your 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 games anymore by the way you mentioned gandhi um i've i've got this theory um call it Dellingpole's second razor which is that anyone who we've been taught to revere in history is, a bad is almost certainly a wrong one. Is a, is a wrong one. I mean, and 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 vice versa. I mean, I haven't yet got on onto Hitler as a great guy. Um, <laughs> that might be a bit. That might be a bit I, of a tough sell at the moment. Well, it's it's going to be a tough sell, but then then it would be a tough sell because, of course, you are talking about a culture which is which is which which has designated bad guys. I mean, the current one is is of course Vladimir Putin, but. Mm. Um, Churchill, for example, I, I, we we've all been brought up to think that Churchill's fantastic. One of the you remember that 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 BBC series where you had to have the where where they named the greatest Britons, and each week somebody would come on and make their compelling case, whether it was I.K. Brunel or or Lord Nelson or or, or whatever. And I thought, well, it's, it's got to be Churchill. He's a no-brainer. He won the Second World War. He made those fantastic speeches. He and he was in the Boer War. And he did all these clever, but. But the problem is that, as one learns when one goes down the rabbit hole, it, it is that, um, the, well, Churchill himself said, um, history will be kind to me because so I intend to write it. Yeah. So it was a brief moment of, of absolute candor there to what, to what he's done specifically, but also in, in a more general level, what historians do. That, that they are essentially the, the, um, uh, what's it called? What's the controversial um, uh, Second World War? You know, one of us gets gets banned um, about the Holocaust and stuff. What's his What's his name? David Irving. Yeah. Da I mean, I, I haven't I haven't gone down the David David Irving, so I don't know exactly. I, I I must read some of his books. But what he said was that all the all the historians who who get it get accepted and by the system and and publish their books and and join the bestseller lists are what he calls court historians that they, mm. they they relay um and amplify the 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 official narrative they're like they're and like the legacy media they're like the legacy media now you know insistently banging on about one narrative and no deviation from that accepted narrative is is possible uh, on pain of cancellation from media Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, ever, ever since 1945, you, you've, you've had year after year of articles bigging up, bigging up Churchill as our greatest ever, ever leader. And how do you fight back against that? I, I mean, I'm sure there must, be a, there must have been a, a darker side to him. And, and 
stuff that has been brushed under the carpet. But, but I mean, this is, this is, is already it's already public information, though. That there's the stuff about you know sending the troops in against you know miners during the general strike and the Gallipoli campaign, and again the problem with India and you know, some some form of what would now be deemed you know realistic realistically re- racism in, in in tooth and claw. So I think it's no, I don't think anyone ever suggested that that Churchill was a saint, but um, this is this is sort of my no, plus- but Tim, I. I, I- I'm, I'm going to take issue with you on, the, on that point. These, this is these are kind of this is licensed dissent. It's mm. like th- these are these are snippets of history which we are told, um, which are permitted in order to show that he was uh, a flawed genius. And uh, but never never is this stuff used to well because there's not enough there to completely derail the man's reputation. Yeah, he did. Gallipoli, Gallipoli was clearly a cock up. So was was Narvik. So were lots of his. His, his his ventures and this is and and not to mention the, the the Bengal famine, but this is this is this stuff is 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 brought up to show that that yes he was a real he a human being he was one of us and he didn't always get it right but on balance he was great. What I mean is the stuff about how the causes of the Second World War, which are not as sold that that the First and Second World War. As as people who who sort of read around the subject and are, are informed and are, are not buying into the official narrative, no, first and second world war were were planned ages in advance. They the the people who are now raping the world's economy. Well, they've always raped the world's economy. The people who are now engineering the collapse of the global financial system are also the people who started the first and second world wars because war is good business and and so, they, so they just, tend to bankroll just, both sides. Just to that point, then sorry to cut in. So with these, according to this narrative, with the First and Second World Wars, exercises in for-profit boosting of business by said bad actors or exercise in depopulation or both? Oh, and, and more, and, and satanic blood sacrifices. Yeah, everything works on various levels, on, on the kind of the spiritual level, on the, 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 the economic level level um and on the social level yes they were partly a, a population cull they they were they, it's it's always the same it's problem reaction solution so so um after the after the first world war you had the treaty of versailles um after the second world war you had the what the creation of the um well the united nations the you know, various supranational bodies, all designed, and and how are these sold? These are sold to the public. On look, you've had a really really bad time. You've you've lost loved ones. You've you've suffered enough. Now what we need is is more global governance to ensure this thing never happens again. And here mm. are these new regulations, and and it's for your good. That's how it works. Well, as anyone that's ever worked in any business has been regulated, you know there are clearly problems with. You know, quis custodia, ipsos custodes, who, who, who regulates a regulator. Uh, I must admit yeah. the one thing that the big sea change in my perspective on the world, more than any other of the last two to five years, has probably been that I was brought up with this delusion that the United States is our friend, whereas now I think it's our deadliest enemy. Um, I would say that, that, well, I would say that the American deep state and the the British deep state are are joined at the hip. Actually, that's the, a the, useful correction for which I thank you. Yeah, no, the, the, there is there is a kind of the, the, look. Everything you read about in the newspapers 
is a lie. And you, every time you read an article in a newspaper, you should ask yourself, what is the purpose of this article? Because it's not what it pretends to be. And it's it's almost invariably disinformation. I'm not saying that everything is a lie because sometimes they put in true things just to fox you into just to so just, just to, to confuse mess with your head. Yeah. 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 So you you think about this. Look, look, I'm speaking as somebody who spent what 30 years of his career as a mainstream media journalist, and I believed all this stuff. I believed all the narrative. So so yeah, I'm I'm sure in the past I've written pieces about the importance of the special relationship. Say. Mm. Um, and then you'll get counter arguments, say the the special relationship was always a, a, a busted flush. It was never, you know, the Americans never meant it and so on and so on and, and, and so forth. But the I, I was listening to um, a, an interesting pod, uh, discussion with a guy that I must get on onto the um, uh, the Delling pod sometime. Um, he's called is he called Matthias Desmond? Am I making that name up? Think, Desmond, I think I'm not. Desmond, I think Can, it's definitely on the money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Canadian who was who was talking about this, and essentially in the the twenties and thirties, I think the U.S. State Department was massively infiltrated by using the using the Rhodes Scholarship system, particularly. I mean, do you remember that you, Tim, you were uh, you were there at Oxford? Um, Paul, were you were you at Oxford as well? No. I've been to Oxford. No. But... <laughs> You've been to Oxford. You, you support Oxford. <laughs> See, yeah. this is this is this is how far I've travelled. Um, that I, when I was there, I found it charming and interesting that there was these Americans over on this thing called the Rhodes Scholarship, and I thought, well, this is great. You know, it's it, it's 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 part of the that wonderful, um, you know, Anglosphere alliance and and it's great we're having these exchanges and meeting americans uh, now i realize that not all of them i mean i don't think chris christopherson is 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 necessarily a wrong one but well, these people are uh, yeah well exactly well there you there you go these people are parachuted in uh, they, 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 they get their training from the um from england and then they're, they're parachuted back into the the american system and and their their buddies help them up through the system and infiltrate institutions like the State Department. And they advance the cause of the the deep state. And the deep state, I think, uh, in the US and the US, UK are really one ugly, hideous blob serving the interests of a, a predator class, which has no respect for the, for the respective political systems of the, of the countries and certainly no respect for the populace. That's how it works. In in what ways has your life changed since you've become what I would suggest is someone who is one of the most outspoken critics of the uh, deep state, for, for want of a better phrase? So I, I, I don't know of any other mainstream journalist more... who, who's, who's, who's been as outspoken on these topics as you have. No, no, I, it's, it's because I can't, I've, um, I've got no, um, what's the word, that thing that, Inhibition holds you back and stops. Yeah, I've got no inhibitions. Um, I just, I just look. I, I, wherever the truth lies, that that uh, that's where 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 I'm interested in going. And I really don't care if other people find it it horribly embarrassing. I mean, I've never really. Th this goes back a long way. 
that but, uh, but, uh, one of the one reasons of the I ask is, is it, it can't have been easy from a material perspective. In other words, this is not something that someone does for well, the career prospect. Yeah, totally not. I, I don't get, I don't get rung up by the mail and say, can you, can you give us, James, can you, can you turn us around a quick feature on why wind, wind turbines are bad? You know, yeah. we'll pay you 900 quid for, for half an hour's work. Oh, well, that no, wouldn't be, I, no, I, even I'm not that good. I, I, but you know, an afternoon's work, but it doesn't happen anymore. No, no, no but, it, but it's fine. I, I, I think, look, I was at the, the Freedom Festival last, last weekend in, in Sussex and everywhere, everyone there was what we call awake and everyone had made personal sacrifices in their, their careers because the, the, the paradigm rewards those who uphold it and punishes heretics and drives them into outer darkness. That's the deal. But I'm, I'm going to make a comparison now because I was just with, with colleagues and a, a friend earlier and we were just having a chat about matters you know, not, not unrelated to those we're discussing now. And this is exactly like Brexit. Those of us that stood up for the rights of the UK basically to, to guide its own political future and democratic future, um, we were sort of herded out and basically cancelled in a, in, in a way. And this is this basically the the point I'm sort of lurching towards rather unsteadily is this for the first time in in any sort of political debate this was a hill I was willing to die on, so Brexit was the yeah. first one for me. Well, yes, but I, I think you and I, Tim, have have, have been on, on a, a a similar journey. Um, I, I, Paul, I think is probably a, a bit further up the rabbit hole maybe maybe sort of on the surface i think i think Paul, paul's is an adjacent rabbit hole whereas we've got rabbit holes with rather attractive water features <laughs> i i i mean my own, <laughs> my own description of of how i see the world i mean tim tim and i've been doing a podcast for, since 2018 and i've been involved in the fi financial markets since the early 90s what the financial markets teach you to do is to analyze and to look at things in two different ways. We saw the development of technology, so going back to what you were saying at the top of the show, and how the internet was created and everybody ignored it, and then it became this massive thing. Um, and at the same time, the introduction of mobile phones, and from literally people holding bricks to what you now have in your pocket. Now, that is technology. That's the advancement of technology. In the same way that somebody may have created an aeroplane, a car, a gun, or a nuclear bomb. And to understand science and technology is to understand the age that we live in. That's not mutually exclusive in saying that there are evil people out there. So what I do is I look at what's going on and I ask questions. And I've not been very happy, to say the least, about the way the world has been going, the control that there has been and the um, powers that the governments have been taking uh, in order to uh, advance themselves. But the powers that the social media companies have is one that is com completely new. You couldn't have planned this this way. And what I mean is you wouldn't have known, you could have known that Twitter may have been a big company, but it needs policing and it's policing on the wrong side. They're, they're doing it in the wrong way. And... It is a problem. It's all a problem. Now, you can use any forum and any technology for good or for bad. 
And I believe that things swing in both directions. They'll swing too far one way, then they'll swing back. So they'll try and take power and then the people will cotton on and the right amount of people will ask the right amount of questions and then things will swing back the other way. If they swing too far, then there'll be riots and there'll be disorder. And that, that's just history. So the, the man on the street and the person on the street will look at what's going on. They'll, they'll have an innate understanding of whether things are right or wrong. They may ch- turn the, you know, the other cheek um, at things that they should really be looking very closely at. And we're in one of those situations now. But without... So, so my rabbit hole is, as it were, I mean, I've thought long and hard about religion. I've thought long and hard about what's going on here. I've, I've looked into, you know, I look at science, I look at technology, I understand those things. I try, well, as much as I can, I try to educate myself from subjects like quantum physics all the way up to, you know, the science of the universe and coding and computers and computer technology and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I, I find that a lot of people who make sweeping statements about what the technology companies are doing don't really understand much about technology themselves and just say, in the same way that when the printing presses were created, that was a technology. And there are people out there who didn't understand how the printing presses worked. But as soon as they did, they realized what it was being used for. And then perhaps propaganda or the first books that were created were all about chasing witches and, and hunting witches. Wasn't that the first use of, of, of books? And, and then from that very dark beginning, you know, proper technologies came out of that. Now, we're looking at something called Web 3.0 as the next step, which is a complete decentralization of everything, which means that nobody will be in control. So we're at this sort of cusp of companies being completely autonomous and having nobody in control. And so there is a chance that, that this swing to one way will, using technology, swing another way. But we will have to see. So to answer your question, yeah, yeah, yeah. To answer your question about my rabbit hole, I'm not, I, I am appalled at what has been going on. And I stand for the people who argue against and stand up for what they believe to be correct. Even if they're wrong, I stand for them. Because that's what that's what society is. We we should allow everybody to have a view, even if it's the wrong view. Um, and so I totally respect that. And that's not being respected at the moment. So I'm not in any particular rabbit hole, but I am. No, very... you're not. I can tell. Yeah. Paul, th- th- this is the this is the that's the kind of speech that I might have made um, in my in my normie days. <laughs> the, the, thing is, the, 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 the thing is that that I think that um, normies, bless them, bless you. <laughs> I don't, don't think don't I'm a normie, get. but okay. Maybe that's the definition of a, a normie. Maybe that's the definition of a normie. You don't think you're a normie. There so, is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, but nobody thinks they're a Karen either. <laughs> there's always, there's always, there's always the, the apparent, the, the official reason for doing something to to persuade or uh, let me give you a, a classic example since we, we mentioned brexit there are still loads and loads of people out there who 
who voted Brexit, and it was their it was their bid for freedom. You know, they'd see, the the people in the northeast. They'd seen that they'd realised that 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 it it wasn't worthwhile voting in in elections anymore because they never got what they voted for. They always got shut on shut on by the by the the, the Westminster system, no matter that, which party and that got it. Now looks but, enormously prescient, by the way. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, but but Brexit, they thought was different, and that's why. And I remember believing all this 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 stuff that that you know you'd speak to ordinary people. You you'd uh, I, I mean I, I'd go into where around where I live in the country. There were lots and lots of 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 Brexit of of leave, of leave posters and stuff, and you'd have great conversations with people about yeah, government's got too big and they don't. They don't don't ignore us and all this political correctness and stuff. And when we leave Europe, we can put all this stuff behind us and it's going to be great. We can become the Singapore of Europe and we have, you know, cut all, finally have the bonfire of red tape tape that David Cameron promised us and blah, blah, blah. None of this stuff came to pass because it was always a fix. It was always rigged from the start that, that what we call democracy does not solve anything because it, it it is the whole system it is corrupt and is is rigged um so so to, to pick you up on your point paul about how oh maybe what's what's it called thingy three what do you say web three point three yeah. yeah well web three technology is going to going to change things technology is unfortunately a tool of of our evil overlords and yeah, sure, they've persuaded us. Oh yeah, you need the latest model of iPhone, just like you need the latest latest cut of trousers, be they flared or drain pipes, depending on what. They, all this stuff is there to distract us from what from what's really going on. That everything from the entertainment industry to the financial sector to what well, we know that the gold markets are, are, are rigged. Everything is rigged, and until you understand this. You're not really going to understand the world because you are going to be living in the mendacious paradigm they have created for you to 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 make you weak and to to fool you with with misinformation. It's as simple as that. And you know, it's no good citing, oh, I've studied physics or I've studied quantum physics or whatever. A lot of this stuff is made up shit. It, it, that's the problem. It's not. It's all part of the psyop. This is why this is why those of us who are down the rabbit hole just really don't care. We don't read the newspapers anymore because there is no bloody point. It is lies. Some of us can't even bring ourselves to watch TV or listen to music anymore. I mean, I have to because it's kind of part of my job. But it is it is part of the brainwashing exercise. Until until you get this, you'll never be you'll never be free, and you'll never really understand the world. Well, I don't read newspapers either, and I've I've, I've worked on the other side of what you call newspapers by working in a dealing room, and I know how the press works when it comes to how markets work. So, you know, the markets move, they ring you up on your your research desk and they say, why is the market moved? You tell them a story and then they print it in the press. And it's so, so I, you know, I'm fully aware of how, how things get distorted and stories get suppressed and things get twisted. I, I you know, I, I don't actually subscribe to any newspapers and I don't read any. Um, and I occasionally, okay. look at, I occasionally look at headlines and I don't believe a lot of it and i look at how they use wording to, to for fear you know so how can you contract monkeypox for example might be a headline that i'll say oh that's an interesting way of putting that so i'm fully aware of of you know what's going on all i'm saying is that well you well you well you're fully aware of the method 
yeah, or at least yeah, yeah, a, a yeah. part and of I, the method. But, but I'm, you... I'm not going to be, um, you know, I, I make my own decisions, and and that's that's how I, that's what I would encourage other people to do because that's that's what you do in financial markets. You make your own decisions, you come to your own conclusions, and you cross check. So you don't take any single person's view on anything before I find something to be a fact. I make sure that there's at least three or four, or sometimes ten different sources that are saying something that is very similar and it, it corroborates um that's how i find you can be sure more sure not sure ever because there's always doubt in what you're thinking and what you're what you're saying what you're doing but i also look for, for okay well let me give you a, give let me let me give you an example to, to, to that the kind of um critiques your theory at least okay suppose you were looking for evidence that that churchill was the greatest greatest leader Britain's ever had. You would find biographies by Andrew Roberts, you would find newspaper articles, you would find more than 10 sources from eminent historians and, and trustworthy publications to support this 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 thesis. You have no problem backing it. Yeah. I mean, it's right. Yes, or does that mean that, 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 yeah. that actually yeah. the system is, is rigged? But no, but that's, that's different because what you're getting is you're getting a report that's written post- something not pre and so the the when you work in the financial markets you have to predict the future and in predicting the future you're in a position where you do not have full information after an event you can write something in any way that you want in the way that you could attend a party and say you had the greatest time ever or you could attend a party and say it was the biggest load of shit you've ever been at both of those things not telling you anything about whether that was a good party or not. And it's also your perspective. If you want to get philosophical, somebody who mm. got laid that night might think it was a fantastic party. Somebody who didn't might say it's not. So if you but have an person on the other side of that equ equation might be this, the opposite view, but the, yeah, yeah, like you say, that's a very stoic thing. It's like uh, Marcus Aurelius saying everything we see is perspectives, but it's not, it's, it's not facts. 100%. So if you have that understanding of the world, you know, rule one, then you won't just read a book and say, well, Churchill is definitely a great guy because you, you don't know. I don't know that. I can't corroborate that from 10 people who knew him and who I've personally spoken to and have given me not a book that's been published, but sat in a room and had a drink with and tell, tell me the truth about this person and then that being a, yeah, but a how would they know well because if that was a person who actually grew up with them so you could that's what i'm saying i cannot i cannot corroborate that information so personally i wouldn't i i wouldn't say that just because there are 10 books written about him that that proves anything but that's a somewhat subjective example because you know there's you could debate this indefinitely it's like you know what yeah. caused the decline and fall of the roman empire I mean, yeah, there's, there's exactly. hundreds of hundreds of views on this and we will probably never agree well one of the most important things to know is that we we really don't know anything and the more you understand physics the more you uh, the more you realize we, we how little we really understand our own, even our own reality. You talked about time at the beginning of the show. Time can run backwards. It is possible. You know, if you look at certain mathematical models, uh, if you look at entropy, entropy can run in reverse. So it, it, there are certain, you know, mathematical things that are mutable. So if you want to start arguing about whether two and two equals four, you can do. But, you know, there, there are certain things that to an extent that we have to agree on, even if we later decide that it's not true, um, 
anything is possible. You know, anything is possible. We could be in a simulation. There may be a creator that we call God, and there may not. We don't know. That that's why I'm saying I'm not. I'm not saying that that religion and faith and all these things are wrong. I'm just saying I don't know that it's right. So I'm not going to necessarily believe somebody when they say 100% that it's right, or they're so convinced that it's right, based upon the information that they have. I think there's a lot of room for doubt. But there's also, uh, it's still a possibility. So I leave my mind open. I came across a, a corker of a well, statistic the other day, which is that the human eye is only capable of seeing one ten trillionth of the visual spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, and if that if that is even remotely correct, that is an astonishing statement. Well, you can't ever see anything as it really is because you're only ever looking at reflected light. So, so you're only ever seeing something that has already happened. Yes, like, so the same can, way that we yeah. what we see in the skies is something that happened billions of years ago. Yes, exactly. The the sun you see as it was eight minutes ago. So it may have exploded, and then you wouldn't know for eight minutes. But you know, there's there's a millisecond, like fraction, tiny fractions of a second of everything that you see in front of you, plus the processing that your brain has to do. So you're never, ever actually seeing things as they are anyway. But I'm going to put the ball back into James's court with the following quote, which he'll, he'll identify immediately, which is there are more things in heaven and earth ratio than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Which I keep yeah, coming no, back to and have done, have done for the last for the last two and a half years. Well, but, of course, Tim, I, I, we never really dealt with this in, in our uh, tutorials with with Peter Conrad, Peter Conrad um, because yeah. it just seemed a kind of a, a niche a niche issue. But I've I've now come round to realizing, having listened to Alexander War, particularly talking about it, that that Shakespeare didn't exist and and for, for at least the first two, 200 years after shakespeare nobody nobody remotely educated believed that there was this character called or believed that that, that, a, that a chap called william shakespeare wrote shakespeare's plays he was written by a committee headed it, it doesn't, by, it doesn't by matter. the Oxford, the fact the, the, the ultimate authorship of the shakespeare no, well, no, that, canon is completely relevant to the quality of the work they're in no no that, that's that's exactly the argument i would have i would have had for not not going down that particular rabbit hole at the time. I'm simply saying that that this this um, supports my Dunning Pole's second razor. That that it, well, actually, it's always it's almost a sort of uh, uh, a, a subheading of, of Dunning Pole's second razor, which is that everything we're taught about history is 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 bunk. That yeah. everything the, the the more we are taught something is true, the less like less likely it is to be true. Because in a way, that's how it works. That's how the, that's how the psyop works. That, that, for example, vaccines. We all know about vaccines because we all know they're great because, because milkmaids and, and, and cowpox and they have, yeah, you have yeah. a clean, uh, clear complexion. So everyone knows instantly from that story that, that vaccines are good. And why, why would you question them when that or, or, or the moon landings? So that, that, uh, of course, the moon landings are real because when I was a child, my dad went down to the. I, I insisted that my dad bought his petrol from the Shell garage because that was the garage that issued those tokens that I could put mm. in my Man on the Moon collection. Uh, and and why would they do that if the moon landings were faked and so on and so forth? That I, I mean, once you understand that everything you're taught is a lie and and you're taught this by design, suddenly you are liberated from from this this paradigm which is yeah i, I mean I, I think paul you're right it is a simulation it is a, we are living in a simulation um and it, it's very liberating to realize that that it's all a lie 
Yeah, I'm going to discover how the world really works. Can ask another really open question, which is uh, how long do you think it'll take for this predicament that we're currently trapped in to be, let's say, remedied, to be fixed, to be resolved in a way that is best for the maximum number of humans? Well, it's difficult to know, isn't it? I, I, for, for example, I, I, I thought that, that, that many of us would be, would be dead by now. Um, that that would have all been that that it would would have kicked off much sooner than it has. I think they're toying with us. So we we we, we we're enjoying this summer at the moment where it's like people, a phony. It's like a phony war. It's the phony war. Most people imagine that it's all going to get back to normal. Meanwhile, I've got moles inside the, or rather, I've got friends who've got moles inside the the, the World Health Organization, who tell me that num- pretty much number one on the WHO agenda right now is how they're going to push monkeypox and they're going to push it really really hard and they're going to and they, you, know, you saw those photographs of people queuing up for their monkeypox vaccines the other day well monkeypox if it even exists is probably rebadged vaccine injuries isn't it it's probably it's, probably rebadged I mean, shingles rebadged shingles exactly i don't know where they got the idea that it was it was it was from gay men bumming each other in in clubs i don't know why they tried that one except maybe Maybe for the same reason that the fake AIDS crisis was invented to mm. to sort of divide us yet again by sort of pitting pitting the heterosexual population against the hetero the, the homosexual population uh, and and whatever. But it, this is how they roll. That Brexit was another example. It was designed. Look, I lost friends over Brexit. I actually lost friends over a non-issue. I mean, mm. I, I now realise it was not. I, I thought it really mattered. I really did. Everyone was. Uh, my wife w- would berate me over breakfast for not doing enough for fight for Brexit. Why haven't you written an article? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? I, I-, I was in Brexit the movie. I went to the to the to the premiere and I thought, well, we are the soundest people in the country. And and if a bomb went went off now, that would be the end of free markets and free thinking in this in this in this country. It it seemed to matter so much, and it didn't matter. It doesn't matter at all, as 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 because they go on doing the shit they're going to do regardless. They don't care about about your your vote, you useless eaters. They don't. They don't give a toss about you. They, they've got a plan, and it's going to grind on regardless. Sorry, I don't know uh, what prompted that rant, but because um, that wasn't the original question, was it? But the, yeah, it's true. This is just get an assessment of how how long. It, so we've, we've we've put up with this for in the very narrow context of let's say COVID, it's it's two and a half years. But in the context of let's just say darker behaviour, it's 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 decades, if not if not centuries, if not millennia. Well, you mean you've got millennia to go? No, no, I'm just, I'm just coming back to the question of how, how long are we going to have to put up with this farce? Because admittedly, social media, the likes of Twitter et al., are not a fair representation of reality. And as much as we can have a fair representation of reality, given what we've talked about over the last 20 minutes, nevertheless, you know, what, what, what are the signs? What would, what would the signs be for you? What would be the, the, the things to look out for as, as road marks of, 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 of positive behavior, of positive activity, that, that this, this thing so, is slowly going to get resolved? As, uh, as Cliff High and various of others said, we're, we're already in the Third World War. The Third World War has been raging for some time. It's just not, a, not thus far 
It's just not a conventional you know, war as, as everyone's been taught how conventional world no, wars I mean, operate. NATO may change that by, by if they succeed in engineering their, the war, they're desperate for um, the proxy war um, over Ukraine. That's what well, Nan- really Nancy want, Pelosi they... is doing, doing her own bit for third world war in uh, Taiwan right now. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so they're hot for war, the, the, the predator class, and maybe they'll get it. But um, the, um, we don't know what the time scale is going to be because it part of it is is going to be about um what they succeed in getting away with so you see for example with all the protests in in the netherlands right now all the farmers that that they're not up until now the 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 sort of globalist takeover of which a key part of course is the sustainability agenda and the green agenda and the net zero agenda um the the the, the Prime Minister of, of Holland, um, Mark Rutte, who is, like so many world leaders, a, a stooge of the World Economic the, Forum, the world Economic Forum and, and, a, and a graduate of their of their training program. He's been forcing through this stuff, you know, d- d- denying them the use of the nitrogen fertilizers they need and so on, and, and insisting that they, they're going to have to give up their farms and so on. And uh, uh, up until recently, they were getting away with this. Uh, and now they're not. The farmers have had enough, and it's the same in Piedmont in Italy and other 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 parts of of, of the world. Um, we've already seen it kicking off in in Sri Lanka. But, it, but um, some of this stuff is a bit like you know, if a tree falls over in the forest, does it make a sound if no one's there to hear it? If these people do this stuff, and I applaud them to the echo, if they're doing this and it's not reported in c- conventional media, does it really make a difference? It does, because you, you're forgetting that that the, the the mainstream media is increasingly irrelevant. And hmm. more, more and more people are seeing that. People don't don't listen to the news. They don't they don't take the newspapers seriously anymore. Yeah, the the information is getting out slowly. And uh, let me put it another way. I mean, this is anecdotal, but I had to um, entertain a group of people the other day who were from the commercial property sector, uh, and they were basically normies. They they believed in the system. You know, they they you know didn't know otherwise and i just gave them three hours of 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 um <laughs> what they'd probably have called conspiracy theories and they took it remarkably well they didn't look at me like i was a gibbering loon i i find that more and more when i talk about this stuff people people are at least interested in where i'm going and and they don't dismiss me out of hand mm. this is a good sign people are waking up not not as quickly as people as some of us might like but Ultimately, the, uh, to, to go back to the Third World War idea, this is an information war, not a shooting war. Mm. And so we'll know we're winning when when we can go into, well, when people have stopped taking the vaccines altogether because they've realized that vaccines were never any good, even right at the beginning. You know, even the, even the argument, but polio doesn't work, that Jonas Salk was a, was a, was a kind of Anthony Fauci of his day, that that vaccines have always been part of the depop stroke poison the population plan. Um, when people start thinking like that, we'll know we're we're, we're making some headway. I mean, to the, to this extent, I think I'm on exactly the same page. To the extent that yeah, I heard this from a, a pharmacist, I think in in the West Midlands about four or five months ago, and he says something along the lines of, "If you're awake, you are not going to go back to sleep, and if you're asleep, all that can happen to you is that you suddenly is that you ultimately." Be, you know, you ultimately wake up. So it seems to me that on that basis alone, there's a an inevitable mathematic 
outcome here, which is that we're going to, to use a, a crude phrase, we're going to win. Yes. Well, there was that famous thing, um, well, famous to those of us who are looking looking out for this stuff all the time, where where somebody who's a kind of got some association with the, with the deep state and the the, the the powers that be and so on um, said that they'd they, they'd uh, done various computer scenarios of of, uh, of of whether or not they can, the bad guys whether or not they can win this and they found in every every version of the scenario the the other side i us wins because it is that that, that exponential thing that 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 you can't Nobody goes back for, once they've been down the rabbit hole. Nobody comes back. Nobody, nobody goes. You know, I, I used to believe in. I used to believe the moon landings were, were fake, but now I suddenly realise that they were they were real. No, no one does that because <laughs> for obvious reasons. But so so yeah, we we are we are making ground, and and it, and, it, and it can only get better. To quote D. Ream, things can only get better. <laughs> I seem to remember that being associated with somebody's uh, administration. I wonder who it might have been. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't really matter though, does it? Left, right. They're, they're, they're I can't wait. I can't the, wait for the, that particular person to be wiped from the um, electoral democratic uh, map forever. But is it? That's, there's someone who's at stage is welcome. Isn't uh, that part? Blair. Isn't that part of the problem with politics though? I've always hated politics. I've said it so many times, and I, I just, whoever is in charge, whomever is in charge, is just in, invariably somebody who is out for themselves they're egotistical they're probably corrupt and it just it just the actors change and for me i was i always felt as a younger man i should be more interested in politics than i ever was and i was always more interested in the markets and through our podcast tim and i have, have i think tim you were always saying that, that brexit was the defining moment where you became very interested in politics and I've been carried along with that, I think. Um, but I, I've always maintained that whoever, whomever is in power, I, it's just a game where they're just handing over. I mean, you can be... Out, like different circus, same clowns. You always... I mean, you said so yourself beautifully that whoever you vote for, you end up with government. And it's so... It's, so I can't... I can get angry to an extent with certain politicians and vent my anger, but then another one will come along and just probably do exactly the same thing. And I think the only way to beat it is to become big enough so that you can start to try and influence them, influence people's opinion in a positive way, or at least to talk about it like we're doing on this, this show. I think this is great. And, and, and also to be independent enough to be able to live without them. Yeah. And, and also, if you've got children, to just to talk through it and just yeah. explain what's going on. Like, explain that you, you talk about, you know, what's being captured James, but I think the most important thing that's been captured, and again, something we've Tim and I have discussed, is the education system. I mean, why do you think the education system is so boring to so many students? Because it's completely captured by the government. It's what the governments want to teach you. If if it kept up with the times, you'd be taught how to code. You'd taught how to to uh, create to, to invest, to, to, how, to, how to manage your finances. Exactly, you'd be taught exactly where money comes from, exactly how it's created, exactly the different economic cycles. You'd probably be taught how to manage your own money as well. You'd also be taught 
you know, proper business um, skills. You'd also be taught about marketing and, and how to, you know, how to be confident in any role that you do. I mean, if even if you become a musician, for example, you're going to have to understand business. It doesn't matter what you do. If you hand it over to somebody else, then you're just reliant on them doing a good job. So in a broad sense, education and education of our children, we are becoming irrelevant because of our age. It's, they're not actually going to be targeting us. They're going to be targeting our children. They want to influence our children. And there's enough, I think, older people who, um, who can see what's going on and they, they are unhappy, as unhappy as, as I am, as you are, and they want to speak out. But if we get onto the subject of how our language has been um, destroyed in order to bring in rules that aren't really rules or laws... Um, and, it, and I think that is a much more worrying trend that's going on that needs a pushback. Yeah, I, just going back to, to what you said about how you were never interested in politics and you thought they were all actors. That, that's, the, that's your antennae. Those are the those are the twitching antennae, which one day will lead you on your journey of discovery. It's it's these it's a bit like the the glitch in the matrix. You know, you've seen the matrix where 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 there's the scene where I can't remember what the glitch looks like, but but he sees that is it a cat or something, mm. um, and yeah. and that indicates that things that things are, are are not as they as they seem to be. Yeah. Um, I, I've since I've gone down the rabbit hole, I've 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 looked back at. You know my, my my normal life to see whether there were any moments where I had doubt, and of course there were lots of them. I just didn't really articulate them. One of the ones was from the not just the Official Secrets Act, but this the the fifty year rule, the hundred year rule, uh, the all this the secrecy. I I I simply could not conceive what purpose there could be uh, to hiding information from from the public what what could possibly be, be so secret you know I, I thought well if it happened 50 years ago that's it, it, it's old it's uh, and 100 years ago it's even older what how could that damage anything or any anybody and of course what what they fear and the reason that only sort of licensed useful idiots so that means most professional historians the only reason that they are allowed access to these archives is because they accept that that the part of the deal is for them to not go delving in places where they are not welcome. So stuff th th this this history only creeps up. True history only creeps up by accident. I mean, there's the the Carol Quigley book, Tragedy and Hope, which was written by by Bill Clinton's university teacher, and uh, th this this book, Carol Quigley was was able to use the archives at the Hoover Institution and and so on to to give a, a a much more honest picture of how the world really works and who and and who the deep deep state players are you know the the Milner Group Cecil Rhodes and so on and what they're really planning you know regardless of what governments say they're say they're they're doing um, but you've got to go looking for this information which is normally discredited and suppressed but I, I, I see secrecy is part of the problem. I mean, if if this this were really a just world, there would be no need for our, our political class, who are, after all, supposed to be our servants, to hide this information from us. Uh, why? What, what would be the point? I think it would depend on what piece of information you're talking about. 
Um, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying that there, there may be a case, but I'd have to have a look at what piece of information you're referring to and why it's being suppressed. Because, of course, you can ask for freedom of information requests for certain things. Um, no, I'm talking about stuff that's been under the 100-year rule, 50-year rule, whatever. I'm not talking about... And even then, even FOIs, they, they, sometimes the, the replies come back so heavily redacted that yeah. the mayors will not have bothered. Yeah, that's but, true. But, 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 but the there pool, may be a reason. The there, may be a, there may be a reason for that, though. You, I mean, Yeah, you're doing the normie thing. No, you, I'm not. You, I'm not, you, actually. You've been, you, I'm not you actually. are. You're absolutely... You've been trained to do this, yeah. No, no. This no. Is, this, I, I, I get I, this all the time but i don't there's think always so. there's always the normie explanation no i'm not listen i'm not saying that there isn't a deep state and i'm not saying that they they're not you know planning colluding or doing anything but i'm also but saying you're making excuses for them i'm not i'm what i what i'm saying is that there there may actually be a valid reason for something to be you know um could it be something to do with technology that the government want to keep quiet and they don't want to release it they don't want their competitors or other countries to find out about it there there may be reasons why certain pieces of information is kept secret um it may be in the national interest and it may also be not that's how you build your own prison pool well i i see i think i think an interesting question to to ask is is um how do you differentiate between um a deep state and incompetence I mean, how do you know? Like, for example, you said earlier that. Well, that's that, again. That's the that's the other classic line. Well, no, it's not a it's classic. All, it's, it's, it's a all question. Up, not conspiracy. Well, I'm not saying it is or isn't, but I'm just saying, how do you differentiate it? Because you were saying, because you were saying earlier, well, you know, a lot of people should have died by now, and they're toying with us. Well, isn't that just the same thing? Why Why are you now making an excuse for for something not happening? Um, I said that that that, that I, I don't like to to make predictions of the time scale because you always end up coming unstuck. Even 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 the bad guys planning this stuff can't can't dictate how people react in, in, to particular things they 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 roll out. For example, vaccine mandates. They got resistance. They, they're in a very tricky tricky position because obviously we vastly outnumber them, and that that. They, they want to, they they want to destroy us, but but at the same time they don't want to make it too obvious because otherwise their their plans may get may get derailed. So, but 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 look, I I get very very bored of of, of the people who who um say, oh, given the choice between cock up and conspiracy, I'm always inclined to believe it's cock up. No, because that, it, it makes you sound worldly and but that's sophisticated. Not what I said, and, Sorry to cut no, in, but, but, but that's but not you, what I meant. You, I just said, how, the, how do you differentiate it is what I said. Like, how, how can you, how can you say, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong at all. And I totally respect what you're doing. I totally respect your view. I think it's absolutely right that you should be asking these questions and saying these things and, you know, making people think. Absolutely. I respect that. Um, and you could be 100% right. But I, I just wondered if you're going to say, look, there's never any reason for ever, ever the government ever to have any information kept secret, right? Everything the government knows has got to be completely open and anybody can ask. So if you're... Yeah, but I you, didn't say that. Well, well, hang on, you kind of did because you said that... I things, was talking, no, I didn't. I was talking about the 50-year rule and the 100-year rule, well, which, which is information you simply cannot get. Well, and I, yeah, I suppose what I am saying is there is, there is literally no information that should be kept secret for 
uh, 50 years. There's, there's just not. Because the, you, do you not think that the, the, the brightest and best of China and Russia and whatever, they know this stuff. It's not like the, there, are, there are no secrets in the archives that we've got that if they were revealed to... Who, who, who would who would discover these things that, that doesn't know them already? Who, how would they endanger us? It, it's just rubbish. So why would I, they keep I, it quiet? So I don't buy into that. So why because, would they, they don't, because they don't want the populace to know about it. But if they if, yes, if, but it, then, then that's but that's contradictory because on one hand you're saying that they don't want us to know because you know it, it'd be some form of disadvantage to them, and on the other hand it's that it wouldn't harm us if we did know because everybody. Well, knows I'm not. Anyway. I'm not. I'm not defending the, the deep state though. So it's, no, it's not I'm my d- job to defend why why they would behave in a way that most people would consider you know paranoid and irrational yeah I, I because, mean, because if, if that's the, the source of your power then why would you share it yeah you want, I mean, to, you want to hoard it i think it's interesting to i i don't know why they are keeping this information i'd have to look into it and that's all well, i can say what, what, why don't we ask yeah, why, why, uh, was Fiz, uh, why was Pfizer uh, so un, why was Pfizer so unwilling to allow any of its information about vaccine efficacy to be shared for, for 75 years that's but that's not the government that's an that's an individual company um, and yeah, that is deeply disturbing. I mean, if that's not a red flag, then you know what is. But I, I totally agree. I think that that's absolutely right. That's a great example of a company doing that. Um, but I, you know, I was just saying, you know, that's one that should be revealed. Um, but maybe there are others that there are potentially some valid reasons. I don't, I don't know. But it's not a. It's yeah, just—it's a question see, of doubt. You just, the, the, the problem with this dogged centrism is it gets us nowhere because it sort of presupposes that this is this absolutely is 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 part of the way they roll. There are lots of people who think, well, there's one side of the argument and there's the other side of the argument, and somewhere in the middle is the truth. They, they've they've rigged it so that so that that that. Um, the, the truth does not lie in the middle. You know, either either the vaccine rollout program was a, a good idea or a bad idea. There's not some some middle ground whereby maybe if we'd just given a few of the, the few of these kill shots to to people, just just maybe to the olders, just kill off the olders, then it would have been okay. It's not. It, it's it's the the dog shit yogurt fallacy. You know that that. That some people like fruit in their yogurt, some people like dog poo in their yogurt. Therefore, <laughs> what? If we just unless they're a fairly dog small audience, yogurt, the, the, you know, it's just bollocks. The, 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 I, I think it's really sad and, and entirely symptomatic that we've we've created this culture, and you see this on the you see that the BBC pretends to do this, and and you know all publications pretend to do it. They they're all they're all determined to be seen to be balanced that's the thing the the thing they fear most is to be is to be seen as extreme in some way because apparently I think they've, I think they've it, lost that 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 argument well yeah, they but they still play the game they still they still have tame token people from the right to, to come on and, and be donutted by a bunch of leftists and therefore that that they they're fulfilling their charter obligations to kind of balance the neutrality blah 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 but centrism sweet reasonableness is not going to get you anywhere it's it's the equivalent of whenever a minister is is presented with a national scandal for which heads should roll and which every cabinet minister should resign he'll, he'll announce an inquiry and the inquiry ends. You know, that's what you're doing, Paul. When you say, "Oh, I, I must look into this," it's just bollocks. You, you, how much time have you got? We're, we're talking about a world where people have been coerced into taking a, uh, a, a 
mRNA altering therapy that completely fucks up with their immune system that that, that in, in in many cases kills them of of strokes or myocarditis or or heart attacks or or um, uh, pulmonary embolisms or, or, or whatever and the longer people People go on saying, oh, that's interesting. We better better look into it a bit. The, the longer they go on doing this stuff to us, it, it, it's time is short. Um, the, if people continue being sort of sweetly reasonable, then they're going to get away with it. I, to be fair, I wasn't talking about that when I was saying about the information. I was saying, I mean, that people should be looking into right now. Absolutely. And there should be, you know, we there should be statistics that are, um, being analysed and it should be a massive priority. And so I'm not saying any of that information should be well, suppressed. Analysed by whom? Well, this is it's a good question. I mean, the, uh, but, this but information's also, already out there. But you see, you're asking a lot of questions, but you're not coming up with any solutions yourself. What what do you do? What does one do in this in this situation? Well, you, number one priority is to inform yourself of what's, of what's really going on, okay. what the motivation is of the people involved. How do we, um, how who do, we the, do who that? The, well, I mean, how do we do that? Well, by resolving, first of all, to, um, to by accepting, first of all, that the paradigm is a false paradigm and that everything you're taught is a lie. That is the entry point for everyone. Um, what, what was it that um, uh, people go uh, mad, mad in herds and regain their senses in, individually? Nobody I know, nobody I know who's gone down the rabbit hole has has been presented with. Well, actually, that's not not true. I've, I've, I know somebody. I met somebody at the weekend who went down the rabbit hole um, while taking a massive load of mushrooms, and he was watching a tennis match on TV. And it was Andre but, Agassi. But, but he, probably he probably went down a literal. He probably went down a literal rabbit hole, though. <laughs> well, he, well, well, probably trapped th in it. This this moment was his wake up, and he realised that 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 all the people were actors, and and, it, and he was absolutely right. I mean, the fact he was on mushrooms, like well, mushrooms mushrooms do do I, I think lead you to the to the truth. But 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 generally, people who who go down the rabbit hole do so initially with reluctance and 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 are slightly confused and are thinking, well, I I, I feel awkward doing this because. I've spent my whole life thinking that that only lunatics believe this stuff. But let me let me dip my toe into this or that conspiracy theory and see what I find. And then gradually, it, it, it's like a snowball down a mountain. It, it's it it gets bigger and bigger, and you realise that everything connects, and suddenly you understand. So sorry, the beginning sorry, sorry, sorry of to interrupt. everyone's journey should be understanding. Sorry to interrupt. That just brings up a question: Who do you credit for, let's say, dispatching you down the rabbit hole? What, who, or what was it that you came across that caused the scales to fall from your own eyes? Because I can tell you who it's for me, but I'll, it, I'll happily listen to you first. It should have been for me. It should have been spending two or three years writing watermelons, which which mm. which uh, examined the claims made by the green movement. And and discovered them to be completely specious. There's no there's no real world evidence for any of the doomsday claims they made. Uh, at, at which point I started asking, why are they doing this? Who who is who is behind? Who is pushing green policy? Given that it's it's bullshit. So that should have been my my moment. But although that got me a lot of stick, and 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 that was the beginning of my my ostracism from the from the mainstream. Um, I didn't really wake up until. The the aftermath of the Trump the, the stolen election when, yeah. when Biden got in, when I thought I believed in the system 
um, that America's famous series of checks and balances would ensure that, that justice prevailed and that there's no way that an illegitimate president would enter the Oval Office. But here we are, how many months on, Biden is, is you know, a senile, a senile um, incontinent fool in the pay of the, the, the CCP with a son who, who's into child porn and, and, and worse. He's still in the Oval Office and, and he's a joke and everyone knows him to be a joke. And yet those wonderful checks and balances that we were taught at school were made America's democratic, the constitutional republic, the envy of the world, are a busted flush. That was the point when I realized that everything I, every, well, I started asking questions about all the other things I believed mm. in. And once you realize that all bets are off and that nothing potentially is true, then you are then you are on the beginning of your journey towards enlightenment. But until you do that, you are going to remain in the dark. Do you believe you are you, you are part of the illusion? Do you believe that there are white hats out there operating for the forces of good, and that the reason we don't know about them is because they're not in control of the media? Um, I'm, I'm agnostic about about white hats. I mean, I, mm. I often declare that there are no white hats. We're, we've got to save ourselves, which I think is the best policy. You know, you, sure. I, I mean, safety, least, well, yeah, exactly. Charity begins basically. at home. Yeah, that's, that, that's what you, that, uh, um, Paul. You you said I'm not offering solutions, but but the the the, the way I look at it is this: that uh, it would be great, wouldn't it, if there were a mass uprising of the people and we stormed. Downing Street and defenestrated whoever happened to be in in, in the prime minister's office at the, at the time, and and the people would would win. And but the first thing is you have to look at how all revolutions end up. The the the, the French Revolution just led led to the terror. The Russian Revolution, and, and by the way, these were orchestrated by the same people I'm talking about. I mean the 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 ancestors of the, of the people who who run the world now. Um, they were all part of the illusion. Um, but revolutions don't end prettily because the, the either the state has a monopoly of power and 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 destroys the revolution, or more the in it's it's replaced i was at this this festival the weekend as i as i said um the hope freedom festival and and this this is a is run by homeschoolers and the homeschoolers are you you rightly recognize how important education is if we want a better future we've got to make sure that we've got children who can think critically who have not been brainwashed who have not been not been poisoned by the system metaphorically and and literally in the case of of, of vaccines and it was really interesting talking to the people at this at this festival i mean they were a hardcore of awake people there was nobody there who was not pretty much fully awake and there, there was an interesting moment where um some some guy was was uh, advertising his services as a, as a potential kind of educator for these for these homeschool kids because you know homeschooling isn't literally about keeping your kids cooped up at home what the, what they tend to do is they they have sessions with different sort of homeschool teachers and they have sort of outdoor outdoor classes in 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 in, in groups um but so this guy was was coming on saying you know I'd, I'd like to teach children about the importance of uh, I don't know sarsaparilla roots in, as a healing herb or whatever you know, or I can tell them about leaf leaf varieties and stuff, and um, that was all fine. 
But he, he then said, you know, and, and, and uh, about my CRB check and and the, 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 the woman just became re- steel entered her voice and she said something to the effect that, that this is not the sort of thing we take seriously because it is part of a system that we've opted out for and we don't trust and we know that it's a layer of bureaucracy whose real purpose is to well it's certainly not to protect children uh, we'll do our own vetting thank you very much and i and i was really impressed by that i was, I it was a good example of how we we need to live our lives we need to live as much as possible you know we, we can't all just quit our jobs and just fuck off and live in yurts that's not going to work but wherever possible you live outside the system and and you you do not give the system power over you that's the secret yeah independent critical thinking which is comes back to analysis of the markets that's what that is all about and i would totally agree with that yeah I mean, well I, I i i don't know how much how the how much longer of markets we've got? I mean, with, with the, I, I don't know what it's going to look like when the financial system collapses, which is imminent, isn't it? But we don't know when. As you know, timing is timing is 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 the really. I mean, that really answers your point about you know what what about your your belief that that lots lots more people would die right now. We all know when investing, don't we? It's a, the 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 rookiest of rookie errors is to imagine that you can time the market because it's luck, it's luck. And and, uh, but but you but you can make long term predictions about where things are going, can't you? I mean, we're we're all on the same page with gold, for example. No matter how much the time they try to rig the market, we know that physical gold must come good in the end because history tells us that it that it does. And I and I can't imagine that the rules will will change on the on the the. The attraction of the yellow metal as as a kind of as a sort of last resort disaster, uh, you know, place of safety to run to. I mean, the the intriguing thing about the, the timing issue, and I agree with you 100%. The intriguing thing about the timing issue, particularly when it comes to stocks, is it's a it's a, it's a, it's a, it gives you false comfort because even if you are bright enough or lucky enough uh, or talented enough to escape the the deluge. Um, all that, that gives you is a second order problem, which is when on earth do you get back in? So if you take the recent market experience, recent as in the sort of 2007, 2008 global financial crisis, March 2009 with hindsight was a brilliant once in a lifetime opportunity to, to get back into the stock market. But if you were managing money or had money invested in the market at the time in March 2009, it felt like the end of the world. So one of the reasons why the, the, the business of investing is so difficult is because it goes against every aspect of human nature. And human nature, whatever you think exactly about our origins, the reality is that Homo sapiens has been on the planet for 300,000 years and financial markets have been with us for about 300 years. So the financial market paradigm basically doesn't even exist in evolutionary in an evolutionary context. What does exist is the cave brain or the lizard brain and the only way the lizard brain responds to problems, to threats, is fight or flight, neither of which is remotely appropriate for dealing with financial markets. So we, we are hardwired yes. to be bad investors. That's the problem. And people will be, <laughs> people will be well advised basically to go back to sort of like the, 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 the sacred time-honored texts. Of, we all know who the great and the good are of you know, the last hundred years, say, who have articulated their, their strategy you know, very well over that period. 
And one of the things that comes with the particular type of investing that that um, that I practice with 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 my businesses uh, is value investing. And one of the aspects of value investing is that it involves periods of excruciating underperformance. Now, if you're if you're if yeah. you're sort of fully if you're fully paid up to that premise, then it 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 helps deal with the the inevitable pain. But if you haven't really bought into that, it can be quite a shock. So forewarned, yeah. well, forewarned no, is grand. I was thinking about this. There are, there must be so many fund managers and so on who are, who are wedded to the old paradigm. Who are, you know, I mean, I, I suppose what if you're in, if you're, if you, if you run a, a fund specialising in growth stocks, mm. I mean, you're going to be kind of, you, you, you can't suddenly go, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go to, go to value value investments now because because your prospectus would 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 commit you to to growth stocks sure and i imagine you would agree with me that growth stocks are not probably the best place to be right now and yet what what other option do you have you can't suddenly go oh yeah actually my fund's shit divest now because um you're going to lose lose money this is precisely this is a very unrecognized facet of the investing world that this is an area of advantage for private investors that that they don't necessarily appreciate the private investor is in an infinitely better position than the professional here because as you say the professionals wedded to prospectuses and mandates and regulations and reporting yeah. cycles none of which is relevant to a private investor so you know we have one fund for example we'll probably never have more than one but we have one value fund which is global stocks and that that prices every day it trades every day so our our track record for better or for worse is available to trade um, 365 days a year, plus or minus, you know, closed at weekends. Um, that you don't have any of that reporting uh, transparency if you're managing your own money as a private investor. You don't have to tell how, how you're doing to anybody. You can you can keep your profits and or your losses. You know, you, you can keep everybody else blissfully ignorant of that situation. So people underestimate the advantages they have over the professionals at, at, at turning points like these. Yeah. I I I I think although some of my listeners like financial tips and stuff, um, that it seems to me that that you've got to survive the apocalypse first before you mm. can collect your winnings. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm very happy with my, well, because my, my investments are placed with you, Tim, <laughs> but I am. I feel I feel like they're in the. I, I'm absolutely. Because our our views of where things are going align, that's I feel comfortable there. But the thing is that uh, am I going to be alive to to collect my my winnings? We've we've got food shortages coming. We've got massive civil unrest. We've got we're going to be shivering our asses off because of the that there's going to be energy um, supply shortages. There's going to be heaps of pain coming in our direction. And um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to trust the police or the army to to. They're outnumbered, and and the mob will probably, uh, well, misdirect their their rage. They'll, they'll, it'll probably lead. It probably lead them to demand more government, more draconian policies rather than less. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, there's a, there's only a finite number of things that one can do as an investor to pre- prepare against what may come. The, without wishing to sound too religious or or spiritual, and I, I, I'm not religious anyway, but I, I would own up to being spiritual. Uh, the, the probably the most useful four words at this at this moment in time are probably "this too shall pass." 
Yeah. So it's but, but in the meantime, you do whatever you can to defray as many possible of the problems you anticipate. But you can't. There is no catch-all, as as we all know. There is no catch-all. There is no panacea, universal panacea to absolutely everything that could happen. It doesn't exist. That's a function of what happens when you take interest rates down to their lowest levels in recorded history. And because that rate cycle yeah. is now turning up, all bets are off. So I, I absolutely agree that a lot of people are getting taken to the cleaners, which is one reason why the, the absolute paramount thing that we, we cannot bang the table hard enough in defense of is make sure. So we are probably, I would say certainly, but we are probably living through a monetary system regime change as we speak as we have this discussion, the absolutely paramount thing is to ensure that whatever happens, you are not left holding the can by being exposed to the most vulnerable parts of that system, namely things like large amounts of cash, large amounts of fiat currency, large amounts of government and corporate debt. Because when monetary systems change, and they change every so often, typically around every 30 years or so, we're long overdue for one because the last one was in 1971, when a monetary system changes, those people who are caught holding the wrong things, that is non-economic assets, tend to lose pretty much all of it. Whereas those people yes. who are holding economic real assets tend to be comparatively, if not in absolute terms, better off. So the, 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 tri well, the, the trick is in, in large part simply to know what to avoid in as, as much as know what to invest into. Because it may be that there's no there's no panacea, but there will undoubtedly be things that are going to do better than other things. So just make sure well, you're not holding well, rubbishy you, assets. Yeah, but uh, surely if we'd ha been having this conversation a year ago, among the rubbishy as assets that you would have warned me against would have been the dollar, which it turns out is going to fail upwards. It's going to before. I mean, I think we all, all agree. I mean, it, the, 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 the dollar is a strange one, but then currencies are strange. Uh, the, the industry defines currencies as an asset class. I, I don't think I agree with that. Uh, it's just a reporting. It's a reporting vehicle. So we'd never want to be long dollars. We might be perfectly happy, and we are perfectly happy to own dollar-denominated common stocks in the agribusiness sphere, for example. But. But that's, in, in that sense, I mean, I think in the fullness of time, every fiat currency is going to fail. But that could take, it could take months, years, could take decades. Um, I'm, you know, not, I'm not disagreeing with you. But, but the fact is that had you, had you been holding dollars in the last six months, you would have made what? You'd have, you'd have, you'd have your holding would have appreciated would have, if you'd, if you'd, in terms if you'd, of purchasing If you'd power. held dollars versus other currencies, then you would have beat, beat out other currencies, except perhaps for the Mexican peso. But the bottom line is nobody in their right minds wants to hold inert currency. You want to hold it in a form that generates economic value, which is you know, effectively expo ex exposure to principled shareholder-friendly entrepreneurs who are good at capital allocation. Um, and in that sense, it probably doesn't matter to any great degree whether you own dollar-denominated stocks or sterling-denominated stocks or euro-denominated stocks or yen or renminbi or you know, South African rand-denominated stocks, for whatever difference it makes. The, the, the point I'm making is it, the, it's the ultimate form that matters. The, the, the rally by the dollar this year is, has undoubtedly been pronounced, but to go back to gold, gold is up in every major currency this year apart from dollars. And as one of our previous guests, Paravel, of a few months ago pointed out, what's, what seems to be happening now is it may be fairly best compared to a tsunami when before the tsunami hits the tide goes out before it then comes back in again 
So at the moment, the tide for the, the if you like, the for the non-dollar currencies going out, but that doesn't mean that the dollar isn't going to get swept away in the fullness of time as well. So people need to think a bit more laterally about what, what currency risk really is. The real risk of currency is that the currency that you hold in non-economic form in cash just gets obliterated, as it did in, in, in Argentina in 2002, whenever it was, when the, all of a sudden 70% of your money had gone over the weekend. It's okay. I'm not holding pesos of of, of any <laughs> any denomination. And that's so I think I'm. So, I, I wish I had rubles. The rubles would yeah, work, yeah. but I mean, we you know one of the things that Kelly and my colleague and I tried to do, you know, the the day of the invasion of uh, Ukraine was to try and get into buying some Russian assets. And we couldn't because they 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 froze the market. We we are not living in normal times. We are living in completely abnormal times. And I'm you, glad you, have, you mentioned that, Tim. Well, I I bought in in the. In the, in the before the war kicked off, um, I bought some Evraz, which are now I can't I can't touch them I can't trade them I I've got this 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 holding which is the gov my government has confiscated from me in support of a cause I totally do not believe in mm. I do not trust Zelensky I do not trust NATO um, I think that Putin for better or worse has a casus belly. Um, I think that the West are the bad guys in the, in this scenario, and yet they've done something that not even the Nazis did in the Second World War. Well, that's exactly, that's exactly the point I was going to make, that Paravel, who is a guest we had on a few months back, pointed out that even at the height of the Second World War, the Bank for International Settlements, the central banks, so-called central banks, central bank, always honored Nazi reserves held abroad, whereas completely out of thin air, out of nowhere, the Biden administration has seized and effectively invalidated um, Russian assets abroad, not, not, notably dollars. The, people are unaware of the extent of just how, how the, the Biden administration is like a loose cannon on the, on the global scene, just, just smashing into everything and bringing down all kinds of ex accepted morality. Yeah, exactly. It's an ex extraordinary it's, time um, to be uh, extraordinary time to be alive. It is. Well, you know, the, the theory is that those of us who are here chose to be here um, because we wanted the ringside seats. Well, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't invited. Was I, I don't remember signing up for this. It's like there's a few people that quit after the 2008 crisis, and they said that working in the capital markets has delighted me long enough. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, should we move to media yeah, picks? But, but yeah, yeah, do let's do that. Uh, I was James. You're about to say something, so may, yeah, may, yeah may, let, may... do finish. Do finish your point. Uh, no, no, no. I, I was saying yes. Let's get. Uh, I can't remember what I was going to say. So don't worry. Let's get to media picks. So it's the white hot pace of a state of the markets Delling Pod joint venture. I just wanted to ask mm. Tim just one one quick final question, if I may, uh, because you were talking about a regime change, a monetary re regime change. What do you? What signs are you looking out for that will show? that things are accelerating in your view? Would it be, say, inflation or bonds collapsing or, or what would be the signal? I mean, long before COVID came along, you know, I remember, I remember speaking to James on his podcast for the first time probably about six or seven years ago now and, and making the point that you know, it, this has always been about debt. What, what's happening in a, obviously in a financial but arguably in a cultural way and certainly political way, it's all about debt. So that what we're now seeing is the sort of the death rattle of a 50-year-old a experiment with basically unbacked money. 
But the reason it's coming to a head now is because the the the, the debt burden of of pretty much every every developed government is so extreme that so the 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 the, the, the thesis has always been if you're head over heels in debt as a government, there's only three ways of resolving that problem. One is do you engineer enough economic growth to keep the debt serviced? Well, that's now impossible. The second option is you default on it. Um, goodbye, banking and pension fund industries overnight. So that's part option number two. The what's in option number three, what's in box number three has been the box that every government throughout recorded history has resorted, which is you inflate the stuff away. So I think without even referring to the deep state, we can make a plausible thesis that a lot of what we're living through is a simple reflection of that fact. We are living through state-sanctioned inflationism. And then the question is, what happens after that? So there's, there's the world as is and there's the world as we'd like it to be. The world as I'd like it to be is that whatever currency system replaces the current one, which is clearly unfit for purpose, is in part backed by commodities or maybe precious metals, including gold. That would be eminently reasonable. It could even be partly oil-backed. That would also make a degree of sense. Um, the world as the, let's say, Davos man would clearly like it to be would involve central bank digital currency. The problem for humanity is that in a world of central bank digital currency, we are all slaves forever. So it cannot be allowed to happen. The more people wake up to the threat of CBDC, the better. And the quicker they wake up to it, the better. It cannot be allowed to happen. But with, with any luck, it won't. And I saw some encouraging signs out of Japan that the Bank of Japan has apparently put on hold its own CBDC plans because nobody wants it. And ergo, no one's going to get it. And the Japanese have never been as onside as the rest of the West on this. And that may be why Abe got assassinated. Yeah, well, we're not going to be able to move to Japan, are, are we? Because they, they've got a very sensible immigration policy. I mean, they're about, about the only country in the world that does have an immigration policy. So increased inflation is, is the, the bottom line. I mean, box number two. Uh, is... just, oh, by the way, just, I've just suddenly realised, just, 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 the guy whose name I was thinking of was Matthew Ayret, not Matthias Desmet. I just picked oh, up okay. a name that was, that was oh, wrong. Okay. Matthew Ayret. Sorry, sorry, Matthew Ayret, um, for getting you wrong. Anyway, carry on. So I was just going to say, box number two is a terrible option, but it is also potentially possible, would you say, Tim? I think I think right now I mean, the world is so incredible that anything is now potentially possible. The mm. the thing that sort of appeals about box number two is that if anything that would bankrupt the banking system, I think I'm all for now because these are the guys that should have been taken to the cleaners in 08 and were allowed instead to get billions of taxpayers' money thrown at them. I wonder so, whether that would be the the most um, if they wanted to bring in CBDCs, that would be the way to do it because you create absolute chaos almost overnight. Oh, for sure. And, and also, the, the, again, there's the natural justice of this that, that really appeals to me, which is that the, the banks, ha having survived all this corruption over the last decades, um, will finally get taken out by their own governments. And although I wouldn't necessarily want the, the, the economic chaos, I'd love to see the banks get, getting their just desserts because they, mm -hmm. they have you know, the, the skies are still darkening with chickens coming home to roost from the activities of 08. And it would be lovely to see a few bankers really getting getting taken out and um uh, let's say removed from the battlefield. That's a great moment to to move to media picks. I think, unless there was anything else, James, that you you wanted to say. No, that's no. I think I think well, we've 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 yeah covered a lot of about. ground. We've covered a lot of ground today. Covered a lot of ground. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to go first. So I was going to go for a film, and I'm actually going to go for a blog instead, or it's a Substack piece. So this is a someone I got introduced to via Stephen Wilkinson of this parish. 
Uh, it's a gentleman by the name of Scott Campbell, and he's on Substack. And we'll send you a link in the uh, the show notes. But it's a piece called Red Alert. I'm just going to read a, a little bit acts. It touched on a lot of the stuff, a lot of the ground we've covered already today. Something every sincere parent wonders about is the ethics of telling their children that Santa Claus brings gifts to them, so they better behave. There is internal debate over whether the metaphorical introduction to the judgment of God is worth the inevitable discovery of deception, circa age six or seven, and violation of trust. The lower light answer to this is that St. Nicholas was a real man who did anonymously donate gifts to children. We keep his tradition alive because it is nice for children to enjoy presents without it being about the gratification of the ego of the giver, celebration in winter, light in the darkness, pagan rebirth, etc. The higher light answer is a little more interesting. The miracle of Christmas that happens every year is the acting out of a shared commitment to an ideal. If we all act as if Santa is real and then real gifts do appear under the tree, the effect is the same as if the story were literally true. And this means that if we all act in a heroic, virtuous, self-sacrificing and Christ-like fashion, then the effect will be the same as if God himself walks the earth and dwells in us. The effect is the same. That's mic amazing. Drop, mic drop moment. That's wonderful. And that's, yeah. This is a guy called uh, this is a guy called Scott Campbell, and his his Substack is called Captain Yankee Jock. But I've started reading some of these essays. He's basically he is a, a literally a captain, um, but he, he clearly talks about a lot of other things as well. And it's magnificent and stirring stuff. No, he's very good. He's very good. I don't think I could top that, Tim. And I I'm, I wouldn't want to give like a um, a film or, or sort of a frivolous media pick after after that. So it's basically like not not wanting to follow a comic who's done a fantastic job. So I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain. James, over um, to you. Well, because I spend a lot of my time reading. Um, crazy well i suppose they'd be put in the conspiracy they'd be sold sold in alternative bookshops books like my favorite is weird scenes inside the canyon about you know how the the whole of the that's a the doors that's a doors lyric isn't it well well yes it's weird scenes inside the gold mine and, oh, okay. and they've changed yes, it to the canyon because okay. it's because it's it's laurel canyon um which demonstrates convincingly that the entire uh, late 60s west coast sound was in fact a, a cia psyop designed to kind of um well turn people into kind of um to to, to do initially to derail the police the, the um the anti-war movement but also also to to distract a generation you know to turn them into into drugs and free love and stuff and stop them doing the things that you know might be might be more beneficial um but I, I occasionally try to read books that 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 belong in the old world, and I'm just I've just started reading reading this amazing book, um, which I, sh I should have read much earlier, given my interest in World War Two, and in Arnhem particularly. And this is a book, by it's a classic by John Hackett, called I Was a Stranger. Have you heard of it? Do you remember? Do you remember? He he ended up as a general. I was going to say General, general Hackett, Hackett. The name is the name is familiar. General Sir John Hackett was was massive in in about 1984, I think. He had a bestseller called The Third World War, which which described the different stages of the Third World War. You know, the, the tanks rolling across Lüneburg Heath, and you know, outnumbered 
NATO members being overwhelmed by the Russian tea, whatevers, and 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 so on and and, and so forth. Uh, and I find it very exciting. Um, I, d- d- with hindsight, I wonder whether the General Sir John Hackett wasn't part of the problem because I I, I imagine that most people who reach that senior level of the mil- military must, to a degree, be aware of, what, of what's really what's really going on, and and, the, and that so many of so many of the the geopolitical bugbears we're taught to believe are a problem um, are are not. I mean, I mean, I suppose the classic example of that would be the whole campaign to vilify Russia as a a live threat. You, that all these these cold warriors in Washington and and in in the UK um, still writing endless pieces for the daily mail or for the wall street journal about what a huge threat russia poses and, and, and of course that book would have been perfectly timed to to um intensify that the we're all going to die in the third world war paranoia that was was current at the, at the time but anyway hackett was i think a was he a brigade commander um at arnhem and he was in the second wave of landings, and, and which which came horribly. Um, this is this is unstuck. the bridge too far, isn't it? This is what the film The Bridge, the bridge too, far too Far is all about. Yeah. So Hackett was 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 one of the more senior officers to perhaps the most senior officer to, to end up in German hands. He got he got caught in a blast, and he got um, the tip of a mortar shell, I think, in his in his gut, and another splinter below his eye. So he was quite badly wounded. And so he was evacuated to a hospital, which, but by a strange anomaly of 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 that that particular theatre, became sort of was was controlled by the Germans, but nevertheless was run by the the Allies, or at least the medical staff were allowed to operate fairly freely, and. Hackett was would have been had he had he been treated by the Germans he would have been um, been written off because the Germans have a phrase um, Kopfschuss Magschuss Spritzer ist or something like that which which means if you get a wound to the head or the stomach um, just just put them out of their misery mm. uh, and and but but it just so happened that present in the in the in the in their parachute um, hospital staff was this brilliant South African surgeon who operated on on Hackett and uh, and removed the splinter, removed the, the the mortar nozzle. and and after this really very serious operation where he could barely walk, Hackett was given the opportunity to escape, which he which he took with alacrity. Anyway, it, it's just an endlessly fascinating story about us being behind enemy lines and about the heroic Dutch families which which looked after him and kept him concealed and how they did it. And and it's it's a really exciting story. And it I think the message for our times is about the indomitability of the human will. That if you are determined to something to, to do something, you, you, we are we are remarkable. We are amazing. Um, and I think that we, that is our best hope. We, we, we forget this at our peril because if you think you are weak and if you just think, poor little me, what can I do against the combined forces of Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and the, and the, the, the council on foreign relations and, and, and Nancy Pelosi and, and the, you know, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and all the rest of the, of, of the, the new world order. If you think like that, then they, they, they will win. But if you if you go no, I can I am powerful. I mean, it sounds hippie stuff, but it but it but it's true. We're 
put it another way, we are all made in God's image. We we have powers that we cannot imagine. And I believe, by the way, I, I get the impression that, that Hackett too was a Christian. If you trust in God, there is nothing you cannot achieve. Mm. And that's my moral for the, for the day. He who has a why to live for can bear almost anyhow. Yeah. I also think it's great that we um, can talk about things where we may not necessarily come come from the same point but the end result becomes the same i.e we believe critical thinking is the correct thing to do we can talk through other people's arguments and we have an open mind about where everything is going the economy politics the world and um you know it's always it's just great to to discuss these these matters with with people in this way so um you know, I just want to say thanks so much for um, for setting this call up and for, for us coming on your show and you coming on ours. Uh, it's been it's been a joy and pleasure, and I I, I quite liked it when it got got a bit spiky because sometimes, well, <laughs> sometimes we have too much too much agreement. If you're not living on the edge, taking up too much room, how can people find you, James? Well, the legendary. Delling Pod is, is 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 on all the all the the, the usual all major places, platforms. Um, until all the, major platforms. And all the platforms until it gets taken down. So sometimes <laughs> it's on YouTube, but but more often not. It's on Odyssey and Rumble, and and it's on. It, it's going on its uh, own little Odyssey, isn't it? It's going on its own pr- private Odyssey. Are you on Substack? Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm on Substack. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll put the we'll put the links in our show notes. Um, so. Fantastic. Yeah, well, I, I, I look forward to putting it up and, um, myself, and that'll be great. And thank you very much, chaps. It's been a joy. I, I, I'm sorry to those who are hoping for more financial tips um, from, from the financial experts, but um, <laughs> and that, next time, maybe. There's, there's plenty if more there in the archive. There's if plenty more. Oh, yeah, actually, at that point, uh, Nancy Pelosi has just landed in Taiwan, so there may not be a next time, in which case <laughs> it's been a, an absolute joy, James. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a, it's been nice knowing you guys. <laughs> Amazing. See you in see you in heaven. <laughs> see you in the afterlife. See you Take in the care. next world. Yeah. Take care. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Cheerio. Bye bye. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please do your own research or contact a professional advisor.